This hour brought to you by GCNLife.com. Live younger, look younger, feel younger at GCNLife.com. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, this is going to be a huge one. I know, especially on the downloads, we're going to get tens of thousands of downloads on this one this week. If you are an Elvis Presley fan, you are no doubt well aware of all of the conspiracy theories, including the idea that he might still be alive. He might actually be working at Graceland as a uh, custodian or uh, someone working on the uh, keeping up with the uh, lawn and landscaping there. Uh, all kinds of different ideas that people have. I am intrigued, however, by what our guest tonight is going to talk about. I heard him on an interview a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I asked our producer, let's get Steve Eubanian to talk about this book. Now, we all know the conventional story about Elvis Presley's death. We know he died at a young age, age 42. It was August 16th. 1977 now the conventional narrative is that he died from complications he had a heart attack related to abusing prescription drugs but is there a lot more to the story i think there is and our guest tonight is steve eubaney his book is titled who murdered elvis and uh, mr eubaney thank you so much for joining us tonight it's an honor to be here uh, let me start by asking you, um, I know you have a number of these books uh, at your website, whomurderedbooks.com. Are you in particular an Elvis aficionado slash fan? Is that what drew you to this story? Or are you just someone that is interested in these sort of suspicious cases? Uh, all of the above, actually. I think I was probably the biggest Elvis Presley fan anybody would ever met. Um, my mother was a huge Elvis fan. I think she saw him, she fell in love with this guy when she was 10 years old. And, you know, I grew up in that household, so I grew up spinning the original 45s. So, you know, by the time Elvis died, I was 12 years old when Elvis died. And, um, you know, I think by the time he died, I think I knew more about Elvis than almost anybody my age did, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and I know... You still yeah. have those forty fives, by the way. Yeah, that's that's interesting. My mother was a big Elvis Presley fan uh, as well. I would have been fourteen when he died, but it certainly is, it was a memorable event, uh, a big event. Uh, I, I certainly remember his death. Um, and 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 one of the things about Elvis that was so interesting, it was almost like a guy who had multiple lives. Not only because he had so many different 
um, you know, pieces to his career. You know, there was the early days, then he had the various comebacks and so forth. And, and there's there's all these different Elvises. There's that early Elvis, the trim guy with with. Uh, you know the the hips shaking on on the Ed Sullivan show. Then you've got the the older Elvis that had gained weight, wearing the one piece, doing the Las Vegas shows. He, he had quite a number of of stages to his career, but also as a person was was very interesting. He of course uh, you know things people don't know about Elvis that he had a black belt uh, in karate. That he was actually uh, sworn in as a law enforcement officer. Uh, was given a badge, I believe it was by Richard Nixon. Had all all kinds of diverse interests other than music, uh, and was just a fascinating guy in general, very eclectic guy, wouldn't you agree? I would have to agree 100%. He was a very intelligent man, and when you have a talent like Elvis Presley, I think it's very easy to reinvent yourself multiple times throughout your career. And um, yeah, he, he was very smart, he loved to read, um, he was very involved you know he approached nixon for a federal narcotics badge and he got on december 21st 1970 he did not like the way the country was you know the radical 60s had transformed the country so he was a patriot uh it's a very pro elvis presley book elvis presley fans are going to absolutely love it and they are loving it um i started out in this just you know i watched the 30th anniversary of his death and i you know i understand that you know things are going to change over time when memory fades and so forth but the people who found his his body couldn't even agree where the body was found so just to satisfy my own personal uh you know curiosity i started reading books and reading books and and when i finally came to the point where there was foul play involved uh i said you know everybody's going to have to know this cuz there's a cover up inside of a cover up yeah, because someone this famous, you would you would think. Uh, I mean, if this was just a homeless person, maybe there wouldn't be as much attention to detail as far as things like you're talking about the position of the body when he was found um, after he was deceased. Um, you know, the the autopsy and, and lack of detail. All of these things might happen to just uh, Johnny Lunchbucket or a homeless person, but not to the king. I mean, Elvis Presley, um, you know, you would think that of if anyone got a thorough um, investigation, it would be Elvis Presley, and that wasn't the case, and I, and I think your instincts are good to, to, to wonder why that was, but so many people would say, but wasn't Elvis Presley highly guarded? Didn't he have security almost like a president? I mean, how could someone murder Elvis Presley with all of the security he had? Well, by 1977, well, let me back up here. In 1976, Elvis Presley almost went bankrupt. He was the biggest taxpayer in the state of Tennessee. And in 73, he had to sell all of his music royalties because Priscilla had reopened to the divorce and wanted more money. So Elvis was in a huge cash crunch. So what he did is he uh, let three of his three bodyguards go. Um, Sonny West, uh, Red West, and um, another fellow there. His name's escaping me at the moment. But they got, um, you know, they had to get let go. So he also changed his will and started writing people in his inner circle out of his will. So by the time 1977 rolled around, there were more people on the inside who wanted Elvis Presley dead than alive. So what was his security detail like at that time? I mean, how many did he have before, and then how many did he have after the reduction in his well, security? I don't know the exact number, because some of them did float in and out, but I do know the night before he 
you know, the ninety was the ninety was murder, and it was an inside job. By the way, they had help from someone on the inside. Um, the majority of the people were in Portland, Maine, because he was supposed to start a tour. So the majority of the people were on twenty-four hour detail, which means that they're there twenty-four hours ahead of time, setting up the merchandising in the hotel and and everything. And Graceland was by and large, just you know, aside for a few people, it was basically an empty shell. So it was. Uh, yeah, people don't realize that when you when you see Graceland today, it's this giant like Disney World like attraction. But there was a time when it was just his house, and he may or may not have ever, you know, been there when you drove by and you thought, oh, there's Elvis's house. He, he could have been there or not. No, you didn't really know. So that was part of his security plan as well, that he wasn't necessarily always at that house. Yeah, and there's, you know, I didn't know this until I started digging into this. How, how, by the way, how long is your show? Uh, we, have an, we have an hour, so we have oh, boy, four segments. I yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get into it. I just thought we'd sort of start with just kind of laying the the groundwork a little bit about the circumstances uh, of that day. Yeah, it, um, I was shocked that other people on the inside knew that Elvis was murdered. Who, you know, they they've just been hushed over the years. Starting with his father, his father said immediately, "Oh my God, they've murdered my son." And his father, Vernon Presley, um, was commissioned to, he couldn't get anybody in the state of Tennessee interested in, in finding out what really happened, which to me is incredible. Um, so he started, he commissioned two private investigators to find Elvis Presley's murder. And he died before, he died in 79, Elvis died in 77. So before the, um, before that was complete, um, you know, his the investigation was complete. Vernon died, and uh, I kind of picked up where Vernon left off. So Vernon knew he died. he was murdered. So the father even said they murdered my son. I was not aware of that. That's very, that's fascinating, right there. And also the timing that this was right before a big tour would start. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, who had a motive to kill Elvis? Uh, the people around him, you would think they want to keep this you know goose that's laying the golden eggs going, so they could keep taking his money we'll have the answer to that and more we'll be back hi this is radio talk show host jim paris and if you are like me you hate all of those monthly bills well i reached the point about three years ago that i decided enough was enough and i went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. 
Cannabis.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit ACS2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Listening to Jim Paris Live. Okay, the book is Who Murdered Elvis? And it is available on Amazon.com. There is a print version, a Kindle version, an audiobook uh, as well. And uh, you can grab all of that over at Amazon.com. Or for more information, you can go directly to our guest's website. And that is whomurderedbooks.com. And Steve Ubaney, um, let me go back to the conventional narrative that Elvis was addicted to prescription drugs, was abusing prescription drugs, may have been getting them from multiple doctors or at least you know one doctor who was an, an enabler that allowed him to uh, get to the point where he literally killed himself from prescription drugs. Um, what did the autopsy show regarding that and do you in your book dismiss that notion that he was abusing prescription drugs yeah first of all i want to i want to set the record straight i've pulled my books from amazon 
because Amazon is taking 40% from me in, in, uh, in commissions, and I have to pass that 40% on, and I don't think that's fair at oh, all. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. You're I, not going to find my books on Amazon at all. The only all right. Place they, are there, they are there, but I, maybe they're just stuff. You click on it, it says it's not available or something. Right, yeah, and that's for good reason. So the only place to get my book is go to whomurderedbooks.com. And um, interesting there, actually, you can go on there and go on the Elvis page and go on the bottom of the Elvis page, and you can see Elvis's doctor. There's a video clip from 1990 saying that Elvis was murdered. Very interesting wow. stuff. Yeah, I see that, um, Dr. George Nicopolis. The video is embedded right there on the Elvis book page. Right. Yeah, my book lays out everything. Actually, I became very good friends with one of the investigators who was upstairs at Graceland, who was all, also at the autopsy. His name was Dan Warlick. Um, Dan Warlick uh, removed all of Elvis Presley's vital organs, and this is all covered in my book. I lay out motive, means, and opportunity in my book, and I come right down to the person who, who murdered this man. And I know it's difficult to talk about, and I know people roll their eyes, but you know sometimes the truth is crazier than, than fiction. Um, there were three uh, toxicology reports done on Elvis Presley. Um, the first two showed, uh, well, there were different levels of drugs. Okay. There's, uh, there's trace, there's therapeutic, which would be described by a doctor. There's toxic, which would make you sick. And then there's lethal. Obviously, we know what lethal is. In the case of Elvis Presley, because they said they thought he OD'd, they're looking for these drugs, right? So the first toxicology report is done by the University of Tennessee, and it, there were four types of uh, sedatives in his in his body that came out between trace and therapeutic. So there's nothing there that could have killed him. So they still weren't happy with that, so they went to another lab on the other side of, uh, of Memphis, ran the same toxicology report again, it came out again. The same four drugs, um, all the all of which that Elvis Presley took to settle down and go to sleep every night, and they're between trace and therapeutic levels. So, meanwhile, all of this is going on. They're removing Elvis Presley's vital organs. Dan Warlick and a, a man named Lowell, Noel Florendo. Sometimes I get that name combined there. I'm sorry. Um, they sliced Elvis Presley's heart at quarter-inch intervals. And they held it up to the light, and they looked through everything, looking for something that would have caused this person's heart problem or heart to stop. They were looking for a hemorrhage or a blood clot or something. Nothing was found in Elvis Presley's heart. He was years off from having heart problems. So while all this is going on, uh, the, um, the person who's conducting the, uh, the autopsy, Jerry Francisco, is going to the press saying that Elvis Presley died of an irregular heartbeat. Well, it's impossible to, to determine AFib or an irregular regular heartbeat post-mortem. You'd have to hear the heart beating to know that it was irregular. So he just basically lied to everyone to give them something to go away. So, um, you know, when you, when you shake the hand that took out Elvis Presley's vital organs, you, you tend to get the first-hand account of what's really going now, on. Now, the, the timing is fascinating to me because I, I believe in the other interview that I heard 
you do, and I, and I haven't read the book, but uh, the other interview I heard you on, you talked about how Elvis had just recently undergone an EKG and, and an extensive physical as part of the whole process of him starting a new tour because there's a lot of people, financial backers and insurance people and all that, that have to get a clean bill of health on you before you you know, go on a big tour like that. So, so tell us about that and when that happened, uh, how Elvis far before the, uh, the death. Yeah, and the two months prior to Elvis Presley's death, he had a head-to-toe physical for Lloyd's of London, and he had a head-to-toe physical for another insurance company, and he was overweight, but he passed with flying colors. So, you know, the fact that this could happen to this person out of the blue is incredible. So let's go back to the drug thing, because people like to focus on the drug thing. So they find, you know, they f- they're not finding what they're looking for. So they take the third and final sample, those tissue samples, and they send it to Bioscience Laboratories in California, and they run it through their testing, and it comes up that there's codeine in the, this huge laundry list of drugs in Elvis's body, and it comes up at 11 times the lethal level for codeine. But that's impossible. Elvis Presley is allergic to codeine. In 1969, he almost died from anaphylaxic shock by being prescribed codeine tablets from his dentist. Everyone knew to keep codeine away from Elvis Presley. So on the autopsy table, the first thing they did was dissect Elvis Presley's vocal cords and look at the larynx, this magnificently developed larynx of of Elvis Presley. There's no swelling in this guy's body as far as, you know, anaphylaxic shock. There's no swelling in in the larynx at all. So if you don't have codeine in the body, it can't be in the toxicology report. It just can't. And the other two, the other two toxicology reports that took place in Tennessee didn't pick up the codeine at all. None, Is that right? None. So then you have to go to the point. Okay, how did it get there, and who planted it there? So they take this erroneous toxicology report, and they hand it to my friend, Dr. Cyril Wecht, who is of JFK fame, and he's probably one of the most popular forensic pathologists ever, you know, ever in, in, the, in our country who is reading this, and he announces to the world that Elvis died of this huge drug thing. I called Cyril about this, and I said, Cyril, do you have any idea that there were two toxicology reports done before they gave you the one to read on camera? He said, I had no idea. I said, they used your good name to sell this narrative, because Elvis did not die of a heart attack, and he did not die from a, from a, a polypharmacy or a combination of drugs. So... Um, you have to go where the evidence takes you. And in, in the, the Elvis Presley story, it takes you right to the connection between Colonel Parker and his mob contacts and Elvis Presley and his federal narcotics badge. You wow. mean, you and can't. Then- you can't and we'll pick have. it up there. We'll pick it up there after this break because I don't want to on start unraveling that because that's that's just absolutely fascinating to me and that's almost gives me chills when I heard uh, you discussing this previously. I thought, man, oh man, nobody even knows this. I mean, this this whole side of Elvis that. I mean, I think largely people knew he had the badge, but thought it was more of sort of a symbolic badge, or he was an honorary federal law enforcement officer, but not for real. But it turns out maybe he was for real, and maybe that's part of why he was murdered. We'll have more on this as we discuss the book, Who Murdered Elvis, with our special guest, Stephen B. Ubaney. We will be right back.
afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. I've probably noticed in the past five years that my eyes have gained a lot of fine lines, wrinkles, my crow's feet have gotten deeper. Wow. I was hoping for five years, but that's like what my eyes looked like 10 years ago. That is really cool. Wrinkle gone? (laughs) It's easy. Just put it on your finger and go. Now, I wish I had more down here because I can still see one wrinkle. It's bugging me. I am a little bit emotional. I, turning 40, I didn't think would be a big deal to me, but that looks like the me that I feel like inside instead of what um, what I see when I look in the mirror. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. Don't become dependent on the medical system. Get and stay healthy naturally with Extendivite. Metals in the liver cause peroxides to get dumped into the bloodstream. Peroxides do more damage than free radicals to the arteries, and the LDL has no protection from peroxides, causing the LDL to get stuck in the arteries, creating a potential blockage. Extendivite slowly chelates the metals away from the liver so it can dispose of what was meant to be a harmless process, peroxide. Extendivite 7 Herbs has a job to strengthen the organs and circulatory highway. Can you afford a heart attack? Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit ACS2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. 
listening to Jim Paris Live. Okay, the book is Who Murdered Elvis? Steve Ubaney is with us. And Steve, let's go right to Colonel Tom Parker. For those people that don't know who he was, give us a little thumbnail sketch about who was Colonel Parker and then uh, bring that into your theory as to what role he played in all of this. Okay, uh, before I do that, I want to talk about what's been prescribed to Elvis and what Elvis was actually taking, if I could sure. do that. Sure, 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 go ahead. Like I said, in 1976, Elvis almost went bankrupt, and his father seized control of his finances. So everybody in Elvis's inner circle was taking drugs, all of them, okay? So Dr. Nicopolis, instead of writing prescriptions, um, you know, Elvis used to buy prescriptions for the other people so they could take their drugs. So Elvis just said, look, write all the prescriptions under my name. That way my father won't give me an earful, and we can, you know, we can just go on business as usual. So what we basically had was a bunch of drug, drugs prescribed to Elvis, which was almost like a candy bowl in the middle of the room. Everybody had their hand in it. And if there were a couple left, then of course Elvis probably took them. But, you know, prescribed versus taking is two different things. And Elvis Presley was a veteran pill popper. And he was so worried about uh, anaphylaxic shock from codeine, he requested the uh, desk reference, the physician's desk reference. So this guy knew every drug known to mankind. You know, there's a theory out there he took something by accident. That's completely impossible. Okay, now as far as Colonel Parker's concerned, um, what murdered Elvis was the combination between the mob and his FBI connections. Colonel Parker was a murdering stowaway. Um, he actually murdered a woman on September on uh, May 17th, 1929, and he was not in America. He was from the Netherlands. So he stows away in a ship in the Netherlands, comes to America, goes into the army, and that's when his born name, Adreas Van Coo, ends, and that's when Tom Parker begins. He goes into the army, goes AWOL. They get him, find him, put him in solitary confinement, and he comes out. Uh, with a psychosis. He's a mental patient. So as he leaves, he assumes the name of his commanding officer, Tom Parker, and he puts Colonel in front of it to give it legitimacy. So one of the things that he did um, back in the Netherlands when he, was, uh, when he was a boy is he used to work at the circus, and he used to be a pitch man, and he was good at it. You know, he was a teenager, and he was w taking care of the animals back in the Netherlands, and he was really good at this. So now he's wandering, you know, he's 29 years old or 28 years old, and he's wandering the streets of America, a murdering uh, psychopath under an assumed name. So somehow he starts to manage talent, uh, singing talent. Some of the people he managed are big names, Minnie Pearl, Hank Snow, Gene Austin, Roy Acuff, June Cash, who became Johnny Cash's wife, June Carter Cash, and, and finally Eddie Arnold. And he had an exclusive arrangement with Eddie Arnold where he would take 25% of what Eddie Arnold was making. Uh, the same arrangement he had with Elvis. Um, so through this, he started to know the mob in Vegas very well because you're not booking anyone in Vegas back in those days without the mob's, uh, without the mob's help. So two of the big players that he met was Milton Prell who owned the Bingo Club, later the Sahara, which later became the Sahara, the Aladdin and the Mint. And the other one was Mo Dallas. Mo Dallas was a person who catapulted uh, Frank Sinatra to fame. <laughs> and he was in the Cleveland Syndicate, and he owned the Desert Inn and the Stardust. And he was out there to be a close ally to Meyer Lansky and Jimmy Hoffa. 
So these are the working relationships that Colonel Parker developed, and that's how Elvis Presley kept getting booked in Vegas. And uh, the colonel was probably one of the most degenerate gamblers known ever. Um, well, Elvis is playing Vegas. He's up all night playing God knows what game. And at a time when the average income in America was $5,800, Colonel Parker was losing $1.5 million a night. Wow. So what percentage of Elvis's earnings did Colonel Parker get? Well, it started out twenty five seventy five, just like Eddie Arnold. Eddie Arnold warned the Presleys, stay away from this guy. He's no good. Yeah. So... It was twenty five seventy five, and Elvis paid for all the business expenses. Well, Elvis started to rebel in the fifties, and he decided that you know these these movie scripts are ridiculous. I'm not going anymore. I'm not going to the set. So what happened? I know somebody who was in the room when this happened. Colonel Parker came up, RCA came up, someone from the studio came up, and they finally told him, "You're going to do these movies, or you're not going to do anything else." It was then that Elvis really realized who was running the show, and they weren't threatening his career. Even at his wedding, Frank Sinatra's plane, he got he got married at uh, the Aladdin, Milton Prell's uh, Milton Prell's place. If you if you buy my book and you look, there are pictures of Elvis Presley with these key huge mob figures. So after he starts to rebel, and they basically tell him, "You're going to do this, and that's it." Colonel Parker pulls him aside, and I, this person's no longer with us, and I promised I'd never reveal his name, but I know who was in the room. And he said, since I'm doing all this work for you, I'm going to take our split to a 50-50 split, and I'm going to backdate it from the beginning of the year. So Elvis Presley had golden handcuffs. He wanted to change his material. Colonel Parker wouldn't let him. As long as the money came in, Colonel Parker could pay off his gambling debts. The world turned. Wow, so, so Colonel Parker was getting half of Elvis's earnings, and the implication is that wasn't enough for him to keep up with what he was losing in gambling. Well, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And actually, 50-50 was just what they were showing on paper. Colonel Parker had started in 1974 um, <laughs> Boxcar Industries, which made money from Elvis's image and buttons and posters and Elvis got a chunk of it. It was a legitimate. So he was bit. making side money and, and who knows, maybe even embezzling on top of his legit 50%. Yeah, he certainly had no fiduciary responsibility to Elvis Presley. That, that can be, that can be uh, widely said. So here's Elvis, who is now starting to get death threats, who needs to carry a gun in all the states. So, and there were bars on windows for a reason, folks. The bars are gone now, but look it up. There were bars on the windows for a reason. Graceland started to become Michael Corleone's compound in Godfather 2. Gates, guards, walls, guns. Um, his entire Memphis Mafia were black belts. There's some stuff going on that no one knows about. So, he goes to get this federal narcotics badge from Richard Nixon... And this allows him and his crew to carry guns everywhere the plane lands. This became necessary. Elvis started having guns on him when he was on stage. When he was and on when, stage, he was carrying. Is that is that right? Was that what you just said? Oh yeah, he had those you know big bell bottoms, and he had uh, he had guns on him. 
he was hidden by his bell bottom. I think a lot of people thought that maybe the badge he got was sort of like an honorary trinket he got from the president. But you're saying it was a, he was a really a sworn law enforcement officer, which gave him and his crew the ability to carry firearms. Absolutely. Now he did collect badges from you know different places, and but he, this one he took really serious. Um, and one of the things that Richard Nixon asked him to do in the two months that he played in his his performance career, um, his performance um, uh, his his performance gig in Las Vegas at the International Hotel, was pose FBI agents as singers in his band. Really, their their job was to investigate the mob. Wow! So, Talk about a cover, a, a cover that you're in Elvis's band. <laughs> Talk about being undercover, and so these these FBI agents would have had to have some musical talent, but uh, he just fit them right into the act, and they were there under the cover of being in the band, and then could use that as their uh, platform to investigate what's going on there in Vegas at the time, of course, run by the mafia. Absolutely, and every hotel room was bugged. They knew what was going on. They were all caught. And Elvis died mysteriously a few days before he was going to turn state's evidence against some of the mob players. Really? Okay. So this so has... That becomes this. the motive then. And we've got uh, one last segment, about 10 minutes, so we'll be able to give you that, uh, Stephen, to sort of finish things up a little bit here. And, of course, want to encourage people to grab the book at whomurderedbooks.com as we continue our discussion, Who Murdered Elvis Presley? We'll have our final segment after this. We'll be back. Hello, everybody. This is radio talk show host Jim Paris for FreeSurvivalGifts.com. If you're a survival buff like me and like to try out the latest survival gear and gadgets, then you're going to absolutely love FreeSurvivalGifts.com. At FreeSurvivalGifts.com, you will find a wide array of survival gear, books, and videos that are all 100% free. That's right, just pay your own shipping. Now, I know you're asking, why is all of this survival gear free? Well, the companies offering this gear are doing so as a way to promote their brand and introduce new products. Check it out today, freesurvivalgifts.com. Pick up one or more free survival items for you and your family. That website, again, is freesurvivalgifts.com. Check it out, freesurvivalgifts.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice, and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website, sunshinepillows.com, or call us, 253-678-1361. Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. listening to Jim Paris live. All right, we are back. The book is Who Murdered Elvis? And if you think this theory of Elvis Presley uh, being involved with the FBI as an informant is far-fetched, uh, just got an email from a listener that has a link here to a story from the Washington Post that makes reference to an FBI memorandum uh, that says Elvis Presley offered to become an, an informant in 1970. Does your book talk about that memorandum, Stephen? Yeah, it lays it out in great detail. Actually, how everyone knows about this, I can't take credit for this. Um, in 1990, an Elvis investigator named Maria Columbus was going through the trophy room at Graceland and saw a letter on the wall from uh, the government thanking Elvis Presley. So she wrote the government and wanted to know what it was all about. The government is the one that told us and everyone that Elvis hit band members, you know, that posed band, uh, FBI agents as band members. So that's how that came to us. Um, Elvis was also involved in the mob for an, in another way. Uh, as I said, in 76, he almost went bankrupt. So his father tried to sell a plane, which was the Jetstar, the infamous Jetstar plane, which Elvis named the Hound Dog 2. And it was, he bought it for almost $900,000 in 75, and he was on to bigger and better planes. So Elvis, uh, Elvis' father, Vernon, is selling this plane, and he gets contacted by a person who wants to buy it and says, look, I can give you more for it than what you're asking. Borrow more money, bring it up to code, I'll take the plane, and I'll just send you back checks. 
Well, the plane disappeared and no checks were ever found. That person was Frederick Pro, who was an international mob swindler who was in, ve in bed with a Las Vegas mob. So Elvis and his father were, state were witnesses in the mob twice, one for the dealings in Las Vegas and one for the plane. So there's all of this going around at the same time when Elvis is trying to get his life together and firing bodyguards and all kinds of things going on. Before I go too far, I forgot to mention the entire list of people in Elvis Presley's circle who knew that he was murdered. His father, of course, we talked about. Uh, Dick Grob, um, Elvis's chief of security, has a book out called The Elvis Conspiracy. He lays out that he was murdered. Um, Susanna Lee, actually one of his co-stars in Paradise Hawaiian Style, um, was one of the, fr I ended up knowing, knowing her very well. She died last year of liver cancer, poor gal. Um, and she said that, um, you know, she went on television in 1978 and said, when are we going to solve the murder of Elvis Presley? And the harassment that she got for her comments were incredible. They clipped her brake lines. They burned her house down. They shot at her. I mean, you know, I mean, this is when you get too close to the truth, crazy things happen. And, of course, there's uh, Ginger Alden, his girlfriend at the time, said that there may very well have been foul, foul play. So this is not a story that I've just concocted. I think that I've come across the evidence and arranged it in a logical conclusion. So I get people ask me all the time, well, why did he look so bad in his last concert if he was murdered and this and that? And Well, you know, Elvis Presley had a birth defect. He had a twisted colon. And if I was a doctor and prescribing you uppers, you would get the runs. If I would prescribe you downers, you'd get constipated. So what was discovered at autopsy is that Elvis probably hadn't had a bowel movement for four or five weeks. So wow. he was scheduled for surgery to correct this problem. This is why he looks so bloated and pasty and sweaty and weird in the last uh, six months before he, he died. So... What about um, the, uh, the the narrative that he died sitting on the toilet, which is what we generally hear that that was he died in his bathroom sitting on the toilet. Is is that is that what they still claim to be the case? That's what, been debunked so many times. Elvis Presley, the wet spot on the carpet that Elvis Presley regurgitated into was almost seven feet away from the toilet. You're going to fall off a toilet, you're going to fall three, four feet. You're not going to fall six or seven feet unless you're 22 feet tall. You know, I mean, it just, this this stuff has been out in legend and lore so long, and it gets repeated, and your show is going to close, and we have a lot more to talk about. But Yeah, we'll go, ahead, we'll go ahead. We've still got uh, six or seven minutes, so hit whatever. We Of course, we want people to buy the book, too, so we don't want to give them everything, uh, but uh, you've got the floor. Okay, so here we have Elvis Presley, and again, I was first, <laughs> I got a chance to know the guy who investigated the death scene on a first-name basis for many years. There were planted things at the death scene. There were drug syringes there, not a mark on Elvis Presley. That was there to confuse the death scene. And, you know, this is the same way that, you know, it's typical mob hit, okay? Uh, in the same way that the drug syringes that were planted there because there was evidence of a struggle and the death scene was sanitized, um, you know, the, the planted uh, drug syringes were there to set up Dr. Nicopolis as the patsy in the same way that the, uh, that the pristine bullet set up <laughs> um, JFK's assassin as the patsy. This is, you know, this is just the way they do things. F Elvis was found naked from the waist down. 
this is a mob hit. This is what they do to tough guys. Mussolini, same thing. Sonny Liston, same thing. Sonny Liston was supposed to take a dive against Chuck Wepner. He ended up beating him so bad he had to have 50 stitches in his face. And the mob got him, too. He was found naked from the waist down. So all of this, um, the sanitized death scene, all of this, this is, you know, this is what, this is what happened during the day. Um, so Dan Warlick, my friend, takes all of the photos from Graceland, all the notes, everything, goes home for the night, puts them on the seat of, on the seat of his car, comes down in the morning, his car's been burglarized, the only thing missing are the notes and the photos and the evidence from Graceland that he wrote down. Wow. All ends are trimmed. The Presley conspiracy, what went on with Elvis Presley, and I can't do this book justice in the time that I have here, but what went down will just absolutely drop your jaw. And I write this book because I'm honoring this person, and I think everyone needs to know the truth. And it was hard to write. I didn't want to know this guy was murdered. But I think that Elvis would want the truth out. So, you know, this was why I pressed forward and, uh, and why I did what I did. Well, touch on touch on what the, uh, the he was about to testify. Tell us about that. Well, I don't know if I want to get too much into that because I think I'll be giving too much of the book away. But but, um, but you said he was he was about to testify. That would have been a big motive to to stop him as a witness for what he would have been able to testify to related to his time in Las Vegas. I'm assuming from what you said earlier. Right, in both the plane theft and in the thing in Vegas. And there's another thing which ties into the JFK assassination with Elvis Presley. Um, in 1976, the House Senate Committee on Assassination was reopened uh, by my friend. It was started to reopen the death of JFK and Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King shared the same. He was also murdered in Memphis. Jerry T. Francisco, uh, the person who did the autopsies, also botched his autopsy. Huh. Um, it, it's just the, the connection here and the evidence is just incredible. So Elvis Presley was fascinated by the JFK assassination. He never believed it was a single bullet thing. And he contacted a person, uh, William Sullivan, who was second in command under J. Edgar. And they together they were going to do an investigation into the Kennedy assassination. By the time the House Senate Committee on Assassination had completed, both William Sullivan and Elvis Presley were both dead. Wow. I mean, this just gets deep and right. deep. I mean, so deep. let's make a list of all the different reasons now that none of us knew. Uh, you know, and so many people think of this, well, he's just about to start a big tour. Who would have a reason to kill him before a big tour? And he's the goose that lays a golden egg. But then we find out all the backstory and all the people that wanted him dead. And one other name here that you list on the back of your book um, is uh, a gentleman. Uh, let's see here. You've, you've got uh, two years after the government rejected the Presley case, Elvis researcher Jared Parker is brutally murdered in uh, 2008. Wow. Yeah, he had bought letters at auction um, of Elvis Presley. Elvis had written letters to someone saying that he, he was going to be murdered, and he was naming names. And, of course, those letters were not meant to come out. And this and, Elvis is a live thing, and i got to touch on this for a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. People, and I was in that camp for a long, long time. These people are finding evidence, but what they're finding is planted for them to find. Yeah. And, you know, Susanna Lee blew my mind um, with this. She said that Elvis is long dead. I wish he wasn't. Boy, do I wish he wasn't. 
But, you know, they're finding, you know, Elvis. There were two death certificates filed for Elvis Presley, by the way, that contradicted really? each other. And one of the things they found was that Elvis Presley filled out his own death certificate. So they're finding this evidence that has been planted for them to find because the more time they're spending looking for Elvis at Burger King, the less time they're trying to solve this cold case murder. Yeah, a distraction and uh, fodder for the tabloids, of course, as well. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, it was a fascinating interview. Stephen Ubaney will definitely have you back down the road. I'm sorry we didn't get to everything, which is why, folks, you need to go to his website, whomurderedbooks.com, and grab a copy of Who Murdered Elvis. Fascinating interview. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris. And if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough, and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the Internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. Com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com.